0: I realize that I haven't. Um, I'm not apologizing, by the way, from what I'm about to say. I, the last few weeks have been kind of kind of hefty, you know. Uh, coming through the series and coming back into Luke, there's been what 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 uh, old-time congregation would call some some stepping on some toes. There's been some kind of in-your-face questions. There's been some really tough hit-me issues and. And, and uh, uh, our teenagers, man, they've, they've been growing. They've been working. They've been to camp. They've been striving. And there are some things that I'm really proud of them for. But I'm not the sunshine blower, right? I mean, I'm happy to encourage. And I'm proud when things go well. So I want to tell you that, that this past week, I, I was pretty hard on them too. God laid it on my heart to talk about the word example, all right? And the fact that when we think of an example, we think of someone who is kind of set out before us that we are trying to be like. So you can either be an example or or you're not an example, right? You're a player on the field or you're a fan in the stands. But that's entirely not true. 100% not true. You are an example all the time. The question is, are you a good one or a bad one? The question is, what example are you setting right now, okay? Am I a great example of what my kids would see as a giver? Am I a great example of what my children would see as a worshiper? Am I a good example of what the children and the teenagers see as how to worship, how to pray, how to study, or am I not? That's, and that's a hard question. I was hard on them. And with five parents down there, I said, and you learned it from your parents. Right? I mean, it is what it is. And I got to tell you, they brought up I surrendered All, and I'm like, mm, it makes my heart sing, you know. Cynthia Baptist Church, I know, the, I still know the numbers. Victory in Jesus, hymn number 475. Holy, 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 hymn number one, all right, 137, amazing great. I know the numbers. I, I, I grew up that way, y'all. I said, y'all. But at the same time, when I hear that song, when I hear that song, here's what my pastor's heart hears. I surrender some. I can't help it. I even wrote a song one time and did it with one of our former worship guys and wrote new words to it. Some to Jesus I surrender, some to Him I freely give. As 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 long as it's not sunny weather, I'll be at church. As long as there's not another thing to do, I'll be at church. As long as all the bills are paid, I'll give at church. I surrender what's left. It's reality. And we will not be an earth-shaking, ground-breaking, kingdom-applauding church until we become, I surrender all. Everything is a gift. It came back up in men's ministry yesterday. We had 14 guys, praise the Lord, in men's ministry yesterday and we were talking about it. And, and I've always said one of our healthy church traits is open-handed, that if you live your life like this, this is holy, right? This is holy. Everything you own here, God can take it anytime, any, anything He wants. This is unholy, this is holy. Here's where most of us live. Oh, God needs something that I want to donate to, the rummage sale, thank you very much. Oh, yeah, 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 Oh, you guys need something for the children's program. Oh, yeah, yeah, uh, But you have the op... You want veto power on God's stuff. You, wanna, you can write that down in a quote on Facebook today, all right? We do. We want veto power on God's stuff. I tell you that because I want the whole church family kind of, you know, in this thing together. Uh, I, there's nothing that I wouldn't preach to you that I wouldn't preach to them, that Sai won't tell the children. She runs things right along with us in our kids' ministry. We're all just digging into the Word together. And, and, and I'd love to tell you that today we're going to get a break and it's going to be like, woo, Jesus, Jesus. It's not. This one's rough. It's rough, but it's good. This is chisel. This is, this is God chipping away. I remember a song that just rocked my world when, I was, when, when worship was really starting to take over and I was beginning to travel and we did everything on CD, right? Because I can't play an instrument, everybody knows that. I play a real good air guitar, but that's about it. And if you ever watch me, when I start playing it, one leg comes up, okay? Like a, like a, I'm a puppy that found a fire hydrant. I, but it's true, all right? It does. I just start in it, you know, one of them or the other, right? So, so there was a song by this guy named Joel Engel who I bought a ton of stuff from, right? And one of his songs that he wrote said, strip away all that remains for your glory and your gain till there's nothing left of me. Burn the kingdoms I have made that you would shine and I would fade. Till there's nothing left of me. It's good stuff. Sing it, girl. You tell me. Amen from the baby on the second row. Yeah. What kind of examples are we setting on a regular basis? Not from 1030 to 12 on Sunday. What kind of examples are we setting on a regular basis? All right. let's do a little history real quick before we get started here, alright? Um, when Herod the Great, okay, he was, he, he was king oh, over the Palestinian region, right? Herod the Great, you all know that from, from the Bible. When he died, all right, there were... He requested that Archelaus, or Archelaus, however you want to say it, all right, would, would take over a, as king. And it was either going to be him or Antipas, okay? And, and Herod the Great had, had said that he wanted Archelaus to take over. But the people, especially the Jewish people, did not want this tyrant. He was a murderer. He was a thief. He was an awful, awful man. All right. And when the Passover feast came and everybody came into the cities and the towns, there was an uprising against Archelaus taking over. And that day he slaughtered 3,000 people that rose up against him. Wasn't king yet. And then he took off for Rome to talk to Caesar about appointing him king, right? But at the same time, a delegation, this is history, a delegation was sent to Rome, to Caesar, to beg of him to do it differently. They would plead their case before him. He would plead the case to make king. And it was power versus, you know, word versus heart. And Caesar didn't give it to him. Caesar decided that he would be given a different title and that governors, would rule under the reign of Caesar around all of the uh, locations in the empire, okay? And that's that's what we're moving through as Jesus is born, all right? Governor of Syria, governor of Palestine, governor, you know, all of these things, right? That, knowing that, matters to the story, okay? This story is kind of a retelling of another wonderful but very difficult story, the parable of, 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 the, of, the, of the stewards, all right, the, the people who were given uh, two talents, the parable of talents, two talents, three talents, five talents, right, okay, and five turns to ten, two turns to four, one gets buried, um, yay for you, yay for you, great things when you obey God, when you don't, even if you don't do anything, not doing anything is actually awful, And we know that because the man is thrown where there is weeping and gnashing of teeth. And the only place where there is weeping and gnashing of teeth in the Scripture is what they call Gehenna or hell. Yes, and you can say it in church. It's in the Bible. You can say hell. All right? But Gehenna is the word. All right? So, this story is literally a a reflection of that story, but it has a different meaning when you know the history. So, remember... and. I never thought about it like this, but Jesus is actually still sitting with a crowd gathered outside and a bunch of sinners and tax collectors gathered inside Zacchaeus' home. We haven't left, he hasn't left Zacchaeus' place yet. This is also one of, if not the final parables that Jesus tells. So I think we need to kind of put some emphasis on that. All right, let's put the emphasis on the correct syllable here. Let's, let's, let's focus in on the fact that, and nobody caught that, uh, focus in on the fact that uh, this is, you know, Jesus is telling a story and he doesn't choose to tell it in church. He chooses to tell it with a crowd of people gathered around. While they were listening, while they were listening to a man who who is now um, uh, saved, while they are listening to salvation has come to this house, while they are listening to these joyful things happening. And I want to tell you the joyful things that were happening were the confessions of a sinner and the repentance of a sinner and the mercy of a savior while they're still listening to all this, He went on to tell them a parable because He was near Jerusalem and the people thought the kingdom of God was going to appear at once, okay? They thought once the Messiah appeared, once He finally arrived, that everything that they ever wanted would happen governors would go away, kings would go away, taxes would go away, the church would rise up and it would rise up under this Messiah and life as we know it on the earth would be rich and whole and beautiful and there would be a powerful ruler. And so the people are following this this guy and, and, and miracles are happening and teachings are happening, but it doesn't look anything like the church has laid it out to look. The whole book of Luke is teaching us about the repentance of the religious, the turning of the, the people who had been calling for the Messiah, the fact that they don't recognize him. He's not wearing a crown of jewels. He's going to end up wearing a crown of thorns. He's not wearing a purple robe. He's wearing a regular toga and a pair of Birkenstocks. And he's hanging out with senders and tax collectors. So they thought that it was going to look one way. And they thought it was going to happen one way. Jesus Luke's telling us why Jesus is telling the story. Two reasons. Jerusalem is near, and what that means is, Jesus is getting ready to walk the road to the cross. My death, what is gonna happen, the temple breaking down, that is imminent. We are eminently at the apex of my ministry, which is my death. The death of the Messiah, not the ascension to the throne of the Messiah. Super backward. And they thought, the kingdom of God was going to appear immediately. Upon His coronation, Heaven, Messiah, messianic rule begins. Doesn't work that way. He said, a man of noble birth went to a distant country to have himself appointed king and then returned." Now you know why you got the history lesson. Jesus is using a story as He always did that they would understand. They're immediately thinking about Archelaus, right? He called ten of His servants and gave them ten minus, one each. Put the money to work until I return. Each of you has been given something that you did not deserve, you did not earn. It is a gift. Do something with it until I return. No expiration date offered. But the subjects, now listen, we have to differentiate between the people who were given the gift and the subjects of the kingdom. The subjects, the people of the city, the people of the countryside hated him and sent a delegation to say, we don't want this man to be our king. Jesus is now using a historical correlation to what would happen between his people and not church people and not church people. Sinners and the saved, the righteous and the unrighteous, they will rail against the king. You have experienced it in your lifetime. Your grandparents experienced it in their lifetime. Your great-great-great-grandparents experienced it in their lifetime. Wherever Jesus went, there was a group of people who loved him, whose lives he changed, and there was everyone else who always tried to say, no us, no our kings, no our rulers. We want to be in charge. You will have people who choose him and people who do not. And Jesus is setting that differentiation now historically. He's using a bad king as an example of, who he is to show what happens. There are people who appreciate the gift of the king and people who detest the king. That's the the setup. But he was made king. Story changes. Whether you thought he would be king, whether you thought he could be king, whether he looked like the king you thought you always wanted, doesn't matter. He's king. And he came home. Just as he said he would, he returned. And he sent for the servants. He didn't send for the smart servants. he didn't send for the dumb servants. He didn't send for the, 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 the hardworking servants. he didn 't send for the not hardworking servants. he didn't send for the Baptist servants, he didn't send for the Methodist servants. he didn't send for the paid servants, he didn't send for the laypeople servants. He sent for. Everyone he gave the gift to. Church, are you tracking? The master returned just as he said he would and called those he had blessed unto him for two reasons, to see if they would obey and to see what they'd done with what they'd been given. To see if they would obey and to see what they'd done with what they'd been given. The first one came and said, Sir, your miner has earned 10 more. 10 times. Thousands upon thousands of percent increase. This is massive. Well done my good servant his master replied because you have been trustworthy in small things take charge of many things. Let me repeat that because you need to have this as a life verse. This is not one that people do. People do, uh, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. People do, uh, 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 for I know the plans I have for you, saith the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and the future. He must become greater. I must become less. All right, we all of these. Be strong and courageous, Joshua 1, 9. All right, we, don't wait. We? Greg's over there going, every single one. Somebody has signed the Bible with those verses at the bottom, right? What about this? Because you have been trustworthy in a few, I will make you master of much. Church, I can't, I can't extrapolate, ooh, big word, all of the meaning in that for you not possible. I've told you stories before about what I got to experience, and I want to make it clear, not what I did, not what uh, I brought, no, no, no. What I got to be a part of at a tiny little church outside of Bardstown, Cox's Creek, third oldest church in the country. I would go there and I was the, I don't even know what my title was, Youth Music Dude The guy that was doing our finances, Chuck, he was the pastor at that time. Guy that went to be a pastor of a 500 member church in Chicago, he was the youth pastor. And I was the other guy. And they paid me $30 every time I was there for something. Because I traveled and that's what they paid me. I moved to Bardstown for a salary of 30 bucks per show up. Twice a week, total of 60 bucks if I was there for both. And I started subbing. It was a sub in the elementary school, middle school, high school, Nelson County, Bardstown. It was just a blast, really. And this little church ran about 110, 115, 120 some days. Within about four months, we were running between 80 and 90 teenagers in the sanctuary on Wednesday nights. And so I pulled these, I don't know, five, six parents maybe, five or six parents in. I went right here. I went right here. And they're like, whoa, look what God's doing. Look at all this, thank you, you know, to Rich. Thank you to Chuck, thank you to Craig. And then Rich left. And then Chuck left. And I sat him down. I wasn't the pastor, I wasn't nothing. And me and my 30 bucks, were gonna tell him what I thought. And I said, you don't step up, they're gone. Well, God's going to keep blessing us. Look what we're doing with it. No, 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 no. Look what he did for you. What are you doing with what you've been given? And I blew up a bunch of balloons, all right? And I, I mean, we're talking about like 20, 30 balloons I blew up, right? And I asked one of the youth workers, I said, I said, there, there's more than this. This is 30 kids. We've got like almost 90. How are we going to care for them all? And so I said, pick up as many as you can. So, you know, one girl comes up, she's tucking one here, one here, one between her legs, and we're all laughing because you're walking around, she's got like five balloons. I was like, that's awesome, good for you. Another guy says, like, oh, I can do this, you know, big long lanky arm. He gets two under each arm, two under each arm, two in here, you know, one between his ankles, and he's about to fall down with, you know, seven balloons. You know, I was a paid guy, so I should have been able to do something, right? I started grabbing the balloons by the bottom and pulling them and sticking them between my fingers. And I had eight before I even started on my underarms, right? Nine, 10, 11, 12, I got up to about 14. Well, I was supposed to, I was a paid guy. It was my job to know how to deal with this, right? Here's the problem. By myself, I could handle 14. What about the other 30? It's not my job. And I looked at him and I said, you better be a good steward of little or the little will go away and there will never be much." Church, Miss Honey, Tristan, Tammy, Stephen, teenagers, whatever it is that you have, that $10 that you made for mowing a yard, $3 that you made for walking somebody across the street, whatever it is that you have, your time, your abilities, your gifts, if you are a good steward of what God did for you, he will bless you. It has never been any other way. But if you think for a minute that it is yours, if you try to protect it, if you try to cover it, it will be taken from you, and this is individual lives. This is family lives, and this is church. Church, if we don't be great stewards of what we have, it will be ripped from our hands. But if we'll start to be stewards of just a couple of kids, just a couple of roots, of an old fallen down church, God will bless us. Because you have been trustworthy in the small. I'll put you in charge of cities. One mina, one quarter. I'm putting you in charge of the town. Why? Faithfulness, obedience, the end. They showed nothing else. Watch. The second came and said, Sir, your minor has earned five. Well, this guy only did half the work. I'm putting you in charge of five cities. Why? Faithfulness, Obedience. Take charge of five, six. Another servant came and said, Sir, here's your mind. I have kept it. I've, I have, I put it in a cloth. I put it away. Nobody could steal it. Nobody could find it. Nobody could uncover it. I didn't spend it. I, I didn't, here. Honestly, I was scared. I know you got a lot of money. I know you're a tough man. You take from what you did not sow. His master says, I'm gonna judge you by your words. I'm gonna judge you by your words. You knew, did you? It's a question. Oh, you knew me. Anybody ever felt that way? Somebody says something about you and you're like, oh, you know me. You just saw my face on Facebook. You saw that I'm a pastor of a church. You know me. You watched me on Facebook one day. You know me. You know that I'm a hard man, that I take what I don't put in, that I take from what's not mine. People watch me, they think I'm all confident. Well, that's an arrogant guy. And I've been getting that for years. Some of it's true. Some of it's not. Why didn't you put your money in the bank? Then I could have had a little bit of interest on it. But my bigger problem why didn't you do what I asked? I didn't ask you to keep it, I asked you to go and do. Then he said to those standing around, mm, "Didn't say. he said to those standing around, take his mina, give it to the guy that has ten, not just that, but he's in charge of ten cities, sir? That guy already has ten. Oh, oh, church, church, do you do this? Do you do this? Why? Oh, you ready? I'm." I'm Why does Southland get all the people? Why do they get all the lights and the sound and the nice building and the nice land? Stop it! I'm on their team. If they get 4,000 and I get 400, we got 4,400. If they get 800 and they get 80 and they get 60, then we got whatever that adds up to because I talk too fast. We, 15 cities are in charge. Not he has this and he has this. The kingdom has 15 cities that are cared for and that's the deal. I don't care if we baptize three and they baptize 80. I care that there are 83 in the kingdom. What do you care about? Do you care that they have them and I don't? And the master said, I tell you that everyone who has will be given more. The obedient and the faithful will not be able to count because in the other passage, he says, come enjoy the fruit of my kingdom. Those who are obedient and those who are faithful in the end get this. All that I have is yours. You can't count, fathom, Understand the gifts that come to the faithful and the obedient. But those who are enemies, bring them here. Kill them in front of me. Bible doesn't say that. That's a misprint. Bible doesn't say that. It's not really there. Isn't that going on in some of our churches today? Hell ain't, hell ain't you know, God is love, and a loving God will not send anyone to hell. Wait, true. 100% true. God never sent anybody to the hell, He let sinners choose. Oh, it's real. I choose Jesus. Heaven is yours. I don't know, I'll hold tight. Maybe I'll choose him later. Oh, you chose. You chose. You walk out of here today, not sure if you're in a relationship, you chose. When you get there, it's not like Jesus is going, "Oh, I like you. I don't like you. I like you. I don't like to you. Hell, heaven, hell, hell." I don't, I don't see your name. God didn't send anybody to hell. He allows people to choose and honors their choice. You don't get to call that unloving. You get to call that perfectly merciful and righteous, all at the same. Faithfulness and obedience to the call of the Master does not fall on a time scale. It only has a beginning the day you decide to be, walk with Him and an end. The day you pass on and receive your riches and glory or the day He comes back. All of the rest of the middle. Mondays. Thursdays, your body, your money, your mind, the things you put in your eyes, ears, mouth, nose, arms, the things you put into your children and your children's children, all those things are asked, are you faithful and obedient to the call that I have on your life? 24 hours a day, seven days a week from the time I call you and you choose me until the time you go home because I am coming back and you are coming home. We just don't know when. Work till then. Let's pray. God, I really long for two, two, two things today that no one would leave this place choosing hell over heaven. That everyone would leave this place knowing Jesus and then that all who know him would make him known. May our spending make him known. May our songs make him known. May the way we treat our neighbors make him known. By the way we present our to- ourselves in the town, make him known. May we know him and may we consistently and constantly with faithfulness and obedience every hour of every day surrender all and make him known. To God be the glory the great things he has done. And we can be the recipients of all that he has. Faithfulness and obedience in Jesus' name. Amen.